Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. Here it goes again. You and your team are meeting with another prominent prospect in a high-end Italian restaurant in Midtown East. Please don't ask me about wine. You secretly pray with your inner voice. The waiter seems to pick up all the wrong messages and hand you the wine list in front of your client. Your client casually asks you, "What will you recommend?" You quickly glance through the whole list as you are trying to find the wine that is on top of your allowed budget. You shakily point it at a wine and pray that you choose the right one for the occasion. Welcome to episode fourteen, Win Business with Wine, a beginner guide to socializing with wine. First, I want to wish everyone a very happy New Year. It is year twenty twenty. This is a new beginning of a decade. It's hard to imagine the journey that we have come since 2010, right? In this new year, I hope to continue to bring value to my listeners in achieving success in core components of life: personal, financial, and career. Now, as a reminder, I have recently launched the Facebook fan page for our podcast, which you'll be able to find the latest information about our upcoming episodes, show notes, and events. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram for updates and preview for our episodes as well. Now, if you really like the show and you want to support, please click on the donate button as you will really help. Now, as usual, let's kick off with some positive and inspiring news to start off your new year. Today, our positive news is brought by CNN The Good Stuff, written by Ella Elazar. With Texas men. Is making canes for veterans using hundreds of donated Christmas trees. A man in Texas is designing canes for veterans, and he's asking you to donate your Christmas tree to help him to do it. U.S. Army veterans Jamie Wallace started Canes for Veterans Central Texas in 2016 when he realized he wasn't the only veterans who needed a cane that was safe, sturdy, and not just ugly. After serving in the army for eight years, Wallace was left a hundred percent disabled veteran, completely unable to work. 
I do this so I don't sit home all day feeling sorry for myself. Wallace told CNN, "This is all about kindness. I do everything out of pocket and from donations." When the cane he was given by Veterans Affairs had no style, kept collapsing, and wasn't what he needed, and trustworthy, Wallace turned to Florida organization called Free Canes for Veterans, in which was giving out 500 canes. After he was told that they had no more canes, Oscar Morris, the man behind the organization, instead taught Wallace how to make his own. When I successfully sat down and made my first cane, I asked him if I could branch it off and start Cane for Veterans in Central Texas, and he said he would love for me to do that. Wallace said, "Since then, the 50-year-old has made and delivered more than 200 canes to veterans who live all over the world." Morris, the 54-year-old U.S. Army veteran behind the original idea, said Wallace was the fifth veteran he knows to start their own branch for Free Canes for Veterans. It would be a blessing to get the word out for more veterans to do this, Morris said. Each of these veterans were on my original list of 500 in 2015. It was the act of kindness and a piece of wood that was their inspiration. This was the second year Wallace has asked for tree donations, but he says that he has been overwhelmed with the support this year. It had been an outpouring of donation this year, more than I've ever thought I would get. Wallace told CNN, "Home Depot flooded me with trees. They're sending me 400, and the rest of the community will be giving me about another hundred trees. Each tree is equivalent about one cane, which takes Wallace an entire day to make, package, and ship to a veteran who will use it. While he sometimes asks them to cover shipping, Wallace covers all the costs from out of his own pockets as well as donations, and pays for the shipping if the veterans can't afford it." One day, grab a cane and walk with it," Morris said. "You will feel broken because others will see you as broken. We make our canes for veterans to look cool, so when giving an honor to their service, for those who cannot donate trees without limbs, Wallace said, welcome other donations, especially sandpapers and tools. So here at Life Plus Up, Wallace, we thank you for your kindness, and we definitely think that you're gonna bring this message out there to other veterans to join. Now." Let's go ahead and take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. So let me ask: Does the scenario that we talked about earlier sounds familiar to you? Do you often feel uncomfortable in a networking event when being asked about your feedback on wine? Have you ever thought about learning more about wine just to give a better impression? In the current world of business, being able to socialize with confidence is the key to create a compelling first impression. Through the history of humankind, wine has always been a useful companion to any business setting. Even though not everyone can be an expert, not having enough knowledge will sure add points during a business interaction. As an old saying. People will only do business with their kind, and it's important not to be considered as an outsider before the real interaction starts. Right? As a life and business coach, I have dedicated myself to help others in achieving success in personal, financial, and career for over 15 years. One of the critical areas that I provide coaching is to improve personal interaction skills in a professional or casual business settings. 
In the business world, converse with confidence is one of the critical criteria for achieving any goals in any conversation. Showing a lack of knowledge can often lead to self-doubt and place one in the very disadvantaged position. In a casual networking setting, being able to strike the right type of conversation with comfortability often leads to a higher potential winning relationships that will help you in the long run. For many, wine is only a venue of entertainment, and for some, even resistant to the culture of business converse through alcohol. In reality, I'm hardly an expert, but as a coach, I prepare a simple list of four keys to know for anyone to sound more confident in expressing themselves. The four keys are types of the wine, aroma and taste, how to drink and serve, and the lastly is pairing. Knowing the four keys of fundamentals of wine will give you the confidence to be yourself in a professional or casual business setting. So let's get to it. Key one, one types. Most wines came from grape, with close to 1,300 different type of grape being put into production of wine. It is literally impossible to know all of them. So to make things easier, I will start with main categories of wines and the common types of them. So basically, the main categories of wines are red, white, rosé, sparkling, and dessert. If you really want to get into more detail, then there are countries, grapes, composition, soya, etc. But for now, let's stick to the easy and the fast learning module first. To learn about wine, first you have to know how wine is made. Have you ever wondered why red and white wine is so different in colors or taste? The answer to that question is the skins and the tendons on them. Tendon is a substance that tastes bitter and dry, which sits on the skin of the fruit. If the winemaker keeps the skin in the juice during fermentation, you will get a red wine with more tendons, which means more bitter and dry. If the juice has no contact with the skin during the fermentation, you will get a color of white or pink wine, which is a lot less in tendons, which often means sweeter. Can you make a white wine out of red grape? Sure you can, as long as you remove the skin immediately from juice because even with the red grape, it is still white inside, right? Now, if the goal is to make a pink or rosé wine, then the winemaker will just let the skin sit with the juice for a very short period of time to achieve the level of tendons and colors that they're looking forward for. As for sparkling wine, the high amount of carbonations may have a cure naturally or simply by injection of carbon dioxide after the fermentation process. There's no limitation to what type of grapes are used for sparkling wine. So in the market, you can often encounter white sparkling wine made of Chardonnay grape or red sparkling wine made from Pinot Noir. One helpful tip, recently there are an increased amount of people use champagne and sparkling wine interchangeably. But in reality, only the sparkling wine from the Champagne region of France can be called Champagne. This little information is useful when dealing with a wine enthusiast business customer. Now, the last primary type is the dessert wine. Just like how it sounds, the dessert wine is a lot sweeter in composition to others. One of the typical ways to make a dessert wine is to add high amount of alcohol to retain the sweetness 
of the juice during the fermentation process. Some of the most standout examples will be a port wine. Another way to make wine much sweeter is to harvest them late, even frozen, to get the maximum sugar on the skin. Wine made out of frozen grapes is your famous ice wine from Germany or Canada. Now, as we get a little familiar with the basic, let's talk about the taste and the aroma of these type of wine. Key two, taste and aroma. Everyone's taste is different. For some, they can taste and describe the depth, the flavor, and the aroma and texture, while others simply identify bitter or sour. If you know the base of aroma and taste, at least when asking for feedback, you can answer with confidence and a complete answer, right? Now, before we start talking about how each wine tastes, let's break down the four basic descriptors: tannin, sweetness, acidity, and body. Tannin is the backbone of a red wine. As stated earlier, tannin tastes bitter and may even be kind of inky. So, depending on the level of tannin, you can have either a rough or smooth type of finishes. Sweetness, just as it sounds, sweet. It's generally measured from sweet to dry. If you ever see a wine starting to be medium dry or off dry, it just means that it has a hint or undertone of sweetness, but not enough to be caught as a flavor. Acidity is the base of the white wine. Generally, the right level of acidity will be a refreshing, crisp, or even citrus taste. If you ever have a wine that just plain sour, it is too high in acidity. Quite the contrary, if the wine tastes fat and oily, it means that it's too low in the level. The body often refers to the thickness or the weight of the wine. A full-body wine will coat the glass as you swirl, but a light-body wine appears to be more watery. So that's how you normally tell the difference. Now, since we know the basic descriptor of wines, let's talk about how each type differs. Let's start with the red wine. As we have previously discussed, the tendons are the key to the wine party. So the backbone of red wine. As we know, tendon tastes bitter and creates a dry finish in your mouth. Since the wine is high in tendons in comparison to other, you will often hear description as bitter, leathery, bold, or firm. The great thing about tendon is that it also provides a feeling of texture to the wine. So you will hear description like rough, chewy. Silky, soft, or even smooth. Remember, higher the tannin, more rough and the better you will get. Or some people will just call it bolder. Some people have asked, why can I try red wine when it was being served chill? The main reason is that tannins taste more bitter as they get cold. So if you want to enjoy the hard work of a winemaker and the depths of the flavor, a red wine should be served at the right. Below room temperature, which is normally between 53 to 69 degrees. Now, some of the most popular red wine grapes are Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Zinfandel. Even though every bottle of wine tastes different, but the primary taste profile really follows. Cabernet Sauvignon is generally a full-body wine with a hint of herb, blackberries, currant, and cherry. Merlot, on the other hand, is less intended in comparison to Cabernet Sauvignon. It's often described as spicy, fruity, and with a silky and soft finish. Pinot Noir, on the other hand, focuses on the delicate, 
fresh and fruity aromas. You should be very soft in texture. For anyone who wants a wide range of taste, Zevendale is often the go-to. With a zesty flavor and wide range of body to choose from, it is bolder than the delicate wine like Pinot Noir, but surely more approachable than the Carbonate Sauvignon. So, we, as we become more familiar with the red, let's start with some white. Acidity is the base of white wine. Remember, white wine also has tannin, but surely not enough to be the center of the wine. Since it is based on acidity, the right level makes it taste crisp or fresh. If it's too high, it's sour. If it's too low, it tastes flat. So if you ever had a very flat or sour white wine, then you know the reasons behind it. The more popular white wines are Chardonnay, Riesling, Pinot Grigio, Moscato, and my own personal favorite, Savion Blanc. Chardonnay is a fruity, it's buttery, and often leans toward the dry side of the white. Rieslings, on the other hand, are very sweet and intense in fruity flavor. It's generally softer than Chardonnay due to its natural sweetness. Many winemakers use Riesling as the base for dessert wines. Now, Pinot Grigio, or Pinot Gris, is a simple, crisp, and generally light body and lays on the dry side. Moscato is sweet and fruity, depending on the winemaker, is generally medium body. Now, Sauvignon Blanc is quite different from other wines. In my opinion, it's often dry, high in acidity level, and usually consists with a hint of herb and tropical fruit. White wine is lower in tannins and higher in acidity. It's often recommended to start tasting with the white first and lead to the red as tannins may disrupt your experiencing the citrus and the crispy taste of the white wine if you start with the red. Now let's move on to the sparkling wine. Keep in mind, sparkling wine is made from a variety of red or white grape. Their taste profile will be similar to the wine that shares the same type of combination. However, when described sparkling wine, you will often find the term brute as an indicator of its dryness. So to break it down from sweet to dry, this is the order. Dote, or sweet, semi-seco, seco or dry, extra seco, brute, extra brute, and brute natural. So next time when you decide to throw a mimosa party, you'll be able to tell what level of sweetness you are looking to get by looking just at the label. Now, dessert wine is another category by itself. There are a variety of dessert wine made of different type of grape and harvest method. I'm sure not an expert or know all the wine, but basically when you come down to dessert wines, there are two primary taste profile, chocolate or fruity. If you have a port or a late harvest red wine that is dark in color, you will get more of a thick chocolate taste as the base. If you have an ice wine or a red wine that is very light in color, you should expect a concentrated taste of fruit, like a concentrated juice, flour, or honey. The thickness of the taste is a common thing for dessert wine, so it may even be described as drinking a syrup. But keep in mind, dessert wine generally have a higher alcohol content because the way that it was being made. Now, as we have learned the basic tasting profile, Let's talk about how to serve and drink wine properly. Key number three, how to drink and serve. 
Knowing wine and drinking wine is totally different thing. You can know a lot by just reading them. But until you lift a glass in front of your business associates, you will not have the confidence to converse naturally in the business setting. Remember, your communication doesn't just limit to verbal. Your body language, your gesture also speaks volume as well. First, let's talk about how to serve wine properly. Wine tastes better if served at the right temperature. Like previously discussed, red wine should always be served right below the room temperature, which is between 53 to 69 degrees. Depending on the delicacy of the grape, you'll have to move the needle closer to the cooler part of the spectrum. White wine should be served around 44 to 58 degrees, with a zesty taste on the cooler part while the oak age is on the warmer side. Now for the sparkling wine, depending on the quality, you should generally be served around 38 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. But keep in mind, if it's an excellent quality champagne or sparkling wine, you will probably want to follow the recommended temperature as you will do for a white. Now, if we talk about how to serve wine, it's hard to describe the different glasses to use for serving. So please refer to my show note as I have a diagram on the show note to show you what sizes are for what type of wine, okay? Now, imagine you are in a professional or casual business setting. Let's go ahead and talk about how to hold a glass and swirl correctly. Since we talked about the importance of temperature earlier, the proper way to hold a glass is through the stem instead of holding the bowl. Your hand will warm up the temperature. You will affect the taste of the wine. Vice versa, if you're being served an overture wine, instead of calling people out, you can always use your hand to warm up the temperature by holding it to the bowl for just a bit. This little gesture will always leave a good impression in front of the true wine enthusiast. Now, for swirling, you have seen people swirl their wine in the restaurant, at home, or in the winery, but have you thought about why? There are three reasons why swirl wine is important. First, by swirling the wine, the more volatile compounds such as sulfite or rubbing alcohol smell will dissipate with the evaporation. The second reason is to wick the easter within the wine so you can burst out the aroma within. Lastly, it also helps you to run up the tannins which you can give you a smoother taste. The common courtesy is to swore toward you as you are trying to prevent the wine from spilling toward the party that you are actually talking to. Swirling wine is an art. The more you practice, the better you look during the business event. So I would just simply suggest you can start by practicing with water and doing it at home. Now let's talk about key number four, wine pairing. Like the scenario mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, in many business occasion, your knowledge is being tested while you're doing a meal. So let's dive into some few basic wine pairing tips. Wine pairing is an art. Many chefs and professional sommeliers work all their life to create the endless combinations of food and wine. A proper pairing will make the meal so much more enjoyable. In contrast, a bad combination will simply have ruined the evening between you and your guests. Fortunately, you do not need to be a professional to order with confidence in your next big meal. I'll just give you five simple steps. You should be able to swing the interaction to your favor. Now let's talk about the rule. Rule number one, 
Red wine generally pairs better with both flavored meat, such as steak or duck. Rule number two: White wine generally pairs better with light intensity food, such as fish or chicken. Rule number three: Bitter wine balances better with some fatty food. Rule number four: Always try to match the wine with the sauce, but not the meat. Rule number five. Wine should be sweeter or more acidity than the food. Remember, these are just basics. If you are really interested, there are so many different combinations of wine pairing that will lighten up your world. So give it a try and start reaching out to those wine menus on your next meal. Now, for the past fifteen years, like I said, I have really dedicated myself to help others in achieving success in personal, financial, and career. Throughout my career, I really. Provide coaching to make sure people can improve on their personal interaction skills in a business or professional setting, and I can tell you that ability to converse with confidence is one of the most important criteria of achieving goals. For many people, lack of knowledge can really lead to self-doubt and place one in a very disadvantaged position, or even fail to strike the right type of impression. Right. So I hope this guide of four simple keys. Can really help you to at least master the fundamental wine, and it can help you to become more confident in expressing yourself in a professional or casual setting. So let me ask you: Next time when the waiter is handing you a wine menu, what will you order? I hope all the listeners find the previous content helpful. Now, like we promised, let's dive into the mailbag and find out what kind of questions that we have from our listener. Our first question is from a listeners in New York. Hey Kevin, thank you for your podcast. I have been following you since the homeowner train episode. You have helped a lot of people in preparing for their new resolution. So let me ask you, what is yours? Oh well, thank you for asking. That's actually very interesting. So for the new resolution, I often just think about as a goal. If you really ask me, I only have one goal this year: is to be a better person. I believe that I can achieve all the other areas of my life if I can just be a better person, be a better person in helping others, be a better person in coaching others, be a better person in trying to make sure the people around me become better, and be a better person to people who I can influence, so they can go ahead and be better as well too. So overall, I think if I can simply just become better myself, it will help me to achieve goals in other areas as well too. It's often easier to say than done, but I believe strongly, one person at a time, one person every day is not too hard. But however, in the long run, you can start seeing a difference. Now let's take a look at the second question. This is a questions from one of our listeners in New Jersey. Hey Kevin, love your show. Thank you for making the morning drive a little bit more tolerable. Now I want to ask you: Is many podcasters have their live podcast watching party? Have you thought about launching your own so we can finally see you? Oh, I never really tried to hide myself. And thank you very much for your support. I always feel encouraged and motivated if I can find some values and helping others. Now for the live. Podcast watching party. That's one of the things that I'm planning to do with my Facebook fan page. So far, I'm still trying to go ahead and get more traction on it. So you can definitely support by helping me to go ahead and refer this to your friends. 
If there's anyone else that you can think that can help with my content, just go ahead and forward my Facebook fan page to them and invite them to it. Once we have enough listeners, I promise to go ahead and put this into a live mode so we can go ahead and have a chat real life. Now, as we are coming down to the end of the episode, I want to wish all the listeners once again for your support in 2019 and hope to see you all in 2020. Have a fantastic new year and we'll see you next time on Life Plus Up. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.